Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. This is Enero, and the show is IP Season. So, a little something different. We are going to do a remix of episode two. So, this is actually IP Season episode 2.1, Loneliness, the remix. Why would be the first question that I would be asking if I was listening to this. So, last week, I had some personal stuff come up, and I was under a bit more of a time constraint than I normally would be under. So, my goal was to just get it out there consistency, consistency, consistency. I wanted to make sure it was out on Friday, but honestly, I never liked it. And then I got feedback from other people that didn't like it as well. So here we are. Um, episode 2.1, the remix loneliness is such a major thing aside from the side piece thing, aside from relationships, just in life, loneliness is such a huge thing. If you feel isolated and detached and you just can't make good connections, pretty much the quality of everything in your life degrades from there. You're on that whole hierarchy of needs, I guess. So if you're struggling to get something to eat, you're probably not worried about it. But if you're just a normal American, um, that feeling of disconnectedness really sucks. So I'm going to go in. We're going to do it again. Start from the top. Everything that I said before was still pertinent, but we're going we're gonna to fluff it out a little bit more. So First, my disclaimer, um, I am not a counselor, a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist of any kind, man of the cloth, shaman, um, fortune teller, nothing. I'm just uh, a regular guy. He's got some life behind him, 20-year marriage and divorce, some side piece action, three different stages. Um, I think I've done it every way that you can do it. And I have a ton of friends and I've watched them do it every way you can do it. And I've seen some pretty, pretty bad things. Um, so we're going to get right into it um, with me. So I've suffered in the past, like growing up, you know, everybody has times where they don't feel like they fit in. Um, really moved around a lot as a child. So that always was there. But I kind of got over that. Like, it's like, oh, I'll just make new friends. I'll just get out there and get after it. Um, so I managed to maintain it. But there were still some things that I never really fixed. I didn't really know that they were problems and there was nobody educating me. So let's get into the end of my marriage. So 20 years in, getting a divorce. I would be lying if I said that I didn't notice some changes, but I definitely did not think that it was heading where it was headed. And to be honest, some of the problem with the way that it actually headed was the fact that once she told me that she was thinking about a separation, I just kind of my ego puffed up and all the fears that I had about abandonment and low self-esteem, low self-worth, some self-loathing, all of that stuff, everything just kind of kicked into the head. So I went into this, I don't know, I don't know if, if it would have clinically been called depression, but it was definitely um, a lot of loneliness involved. And during that time, I spent probably 14 to 16 months in a low place, in a dark place. And when you're lonely, when you're in the midst of chronic loneliness, one thing that really goes out the window is your ability to, your cognition, your cognitive function, it decreases, it drops off. You're not able to think properly. So you don't assess risks as well as you should, and you don't make the best decisions. Your choices kind of suck, um, or at least they can. And <clears throat> I'm just going to use myself um, I probably in that 14 month time frame, I drank more in that time frame than I'd probably drank in the whole 20 years 
before it multiplied by like two or three times. I really was, when I wasn't at work, I was tore up and I was doing stupid shit. Y'all like I would drive drunk as a skunk. Um, uh, thankfully nobody ever got hurt. Um, I never killed anybody, did any property damage and didn't kill myself, which was, you know, when you're not suicidal, but you want to die. Have you ever anybody? Anyway, that, that part, I was totally there for like almost a year and a half. Um, not a great place at all. Uh, and it was weird cause it's like this catch 22, right? So I felt bad. So I was using alcohol as kind of a crutch or a bandaid. So the alcohol, I'm putting the bandaid on the gunshot wound, right? I'm never addressing the root problem. So when I'm off, I'm just drunk. Um, so I can numb out the pain and not really feel it, but it's just, you know, you're just postponing it. You're not, you're not ever dealing with it. Um, and then the excessive drinking put my life and my lifestyle in jeopardy. Um, thankfully nothing happened to me or anyone else, uh, which was really humbling when I realized that I could just because I was feeling a certain way, I was putting other people, random strangers were involved in my role of the dice. And, and that was very humbling and, and shameful for me to realize. So, um, Thankfully, nothing bad had to happen for me to get to that point. Um, but at any rate, my isolation was growing. And so I would drink excessively. And so <laughs> it's just this loop that just keeps on happening over and over and over. And it never got better. Um, when you're in pain like that from loneliness, any pain, really, what do you want to do? You want it to stop hurting. So in the case of your emotions, you're going to numb out or dumb out. Somebody told me that one time. Um, so you're going to either get help, which is a wise thing to do, or you're going to do it yourself. So what treatment regimen are you going to throw at yourself? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll or running, hiking, and crocheting, whatever it is, there's something that you're going to latch onto and you're probably going to do it excessively, obsessively. And so even a healthy outlet can become an unhealthy exercise if, if you know, if you're doing it at excessive levels. Um, you never address the root cause, so you're not getting any better, even though you may be in the case of running, getting fitter and dropping weight. Um, you know, the actual, the way you look is, is really just a portion of fitness. Um, and then that loneliness continues to build and then, you know, you're headed into stormier seas from a mental health standpoint. And there's a number of diseases that like chronic loneliness triggers, you know, the depression is of course, is there bipolar is there. I mean, eating disorders, there's a ton of ways that this can be expressed. So there you are dealing with all that stuff. And if you had any negative feelings, probably you're only focusing on the negative feelings, which amplifies the net negativity in your life. So you're going to have greater feelings of inadequacy and more self-loathing and lower self-esteem, even if it was already pretty low. Um, you'd be surprised at how low you can go. Uh, so anyway, let me throw some numbers at you. Just, just more statistical data. So 12% of the population or 12% or of all prescriptions written in America are for antidepressants. So I would say personally, I think you could easily double that if you throw into 
that mix all of the self-medication. And the number one self-medicating drug out there is alcohol. There's all kinds of things, like I said, sex, drugs, rock and roll, running, hiking, crocheting, whatever. There's tons of things that you could get into. But most of the time, what you'll see is that people start to drink more. Why? It's socially acceptable and it's readily available. So alcohol, in my observation, has been the number one. I mean, that was what I used. And I'm not I was not alone in that. Um, There was a 2019 study that said almost 26 percent of the population 18 or older reports binge drinking in the last month. Um, I was totally there. I was living there for over a year. Uh, And, you know, why? Why are you trying to numb it out? Why are you trying to? Well, it's it's painful. Like it's (laughs) loneliness sucks. It has such a strong impact on us. We're social animals. Um, if you get kicked out of the tribe, that greatly reduces your ability to survive and thrive. So we tend to want to stick in the tribe, even if our tribe is just one person. Um, you know, there's nothing to define the tribe. There's nothing to say it has to be a certain size. Um, you just need one. Uh, and that's how we evolved. We evolved as social animals. Um, so a lack of connection literally is a death sentence because you're going to engage in all of these negative behaviors. And even if your negative behaviors are fairly limited and controlled, there's still that increased loneliness raises the cortisol level. I don't know if you remember that in episode two, but that prolonged loneliness is a stressor. So now you've activated your sympathetic uh, system and your cortisol is always going to be at a higher level. And with that comes, you know, hypertension, diabetes, weight gain, um, more mental health issues, just a cascade of things, you know, vascular disease, uh, heart attack, well, cardiovascular disease, just a number of things will will pop up as a result of this chronic elevation in your cortisol level. Um, And one of the pillars of, of sleep, I mean, one of the pillars of sleep, one of the pillars of health is sleep, low stress, exercise, and diet. So if your cortisol level is high, it's for sure going to mess with your diet because you're not going to eat right. You're going to either eat excessively or not enough. And you're probably not going to rest and you're never de-stressed. All those things go into being healthy overall. So what does this have to do with the side piece situation? Well, the number one source of contentment and joy and peace that we look for, generally speaking, is in our spouse or our significant other, right? So if you have somebody that you're supposed to be um, booed up with and they are a source of stress and your loneliness grows and amplifies and you're chronically lonely, you will feel that pain that I mentioned earlier and you will look for a way to numb it out or dumb it out. And again, there's a host of ways to do that. But for the purposes of the podcast, we're focusing on side pieces. So if you're not doing what you need to make that person that you're with feel the way that they need and want to feel, well, they're going to see if they can find somebody else that will do that for them. The door is open. Now, it's not necessarily your fault. Some people have chronic depression, mental illness, whatever. And I wouldn't say depression as much because usually depressed depression, you don't want to fuck. Um, let's just be 
Let's just call it what it is. But if you're dealing with that chronic loneliness and you're on your way to other things, you're going to look for any out and anything that seems good, anything that will give you a good, a good little boosted dopamine, um, you're going to gravitate to that. So that is where this comes into play. I can tell you firsthand, it really, really sucks when you get to this point where you're chronically lonely and you kind of, you know, like I said, I was there at that point where I, I wasn't suicidal. I didn't have a plan. I didn't think it out, but literally I did not give a fuck, live or die, whatever. And it was only, um, through a little weird twist of fate where, uh, I gave somebody else a ride when I was drunk as shit, didn't even really remember the ride. But then the next day when I woke up, I thought, Hmm, that's my friend. And like, I, I, their life was in my hands. Now granted anything could happen, but being drunk and driving is stupid and ignorant. And I normally would never have done that, but just based on where I was and how I was living, I was living foul. So woke up the next day, kind of realized that, and then step back from there and realized that, oh, wow, everybody that's outside of their house on these streets is a potential victim for me because of how I feel. Um, that really made me feel just, <laughs> I, I can't say how bad it made me feel. It was a, it was a realization that I needed to have. Um, and I had it, uh, like I said, fortunately, nobody ever got hurt. So thank, thank God for that. But that was my wake up call. And, you know, drastic things, or you will be tempted to do drastic things if you are chronically lonely. Um, throw some more stats at you. 61%, I'm going back to that Cigna um, US loneliness index that I mentioned in the second episode. 61% of Americans reported to feel loneliness always or sometimes. That's a lot of damn people. So you got 12, maybe 24% that are on either a legal antidepressant or are doing it with some other substance or behavior. You've got a one in five uh, people in the US experiencing mental health. And again, chronic loneliness can lead to mental health. I mean, eating disorders, depression, all that kind of stuff. And then there's a study, two studies. One was from Florida State University and the other one was uh, from over in Holland. And they linked loneliness, chronic loneliness to Alzheimer's and dementia. So you're talking about some pretty significant things that could happen just based on how you're feeling. Now, there's a lot of ways to address loneliness, um, a lot of strategies you can deploy. Getting out and just doing something is great, but sometimes that doesn't work. There's actually a few conditions that um, exercise makes worse, strangely enough. So uh, the things that you try may not work, but you know, exercise is good. Getting outside is good. Getting some sun, um, being around the right people. So cultivate, this is important for all aspects of your life, cultivating a circle that's positive. Not yes men and women, positive. You want people that are going to encourage you and not let you wallow in whatever bullshit you might be in. So um, that is it for now. I did want to mention coming up on a side piece science, which I think will be just a second, a separate supplemental episode. I'm going to cover all of the um, relationship-related hormones, and I'm going to talk about the gut-brain axis. Just to put it in there really quick, there have been or there are studies that show the healthiness of your gut biome 
impacts your mental state as far as your emotional state and how your brain actually works. So um, if you think about it, it makes sense because your body is one unit. There's no part that doesn't have anything to do with the whole. Uh, so if you're eating right and your gut biome is healthy, it really impacts your brain. Um, look it up, gut brain axis. It's, it's real. I, the first time I heard it, I thought it was Mm, frankly, it just sounded crazy, but it's real research. Um, it exists. It's out there. You can look it up, uh, but I will address it at some point in the future. I definitely have to say, if you need professional help, there's plenty of it out there, whether it's online or in person, um, you can get it. Don't be afraid. Don't let the stigma associated with mental health uh, stop you from getting help. It exists for a reason. It's there for a reason. Use it if you need it. <clears throat> And that's it. Episode 2.1, the remix is complete. Um, well, 2.1 is complete. Uh, we still have 2.2 and 2.3. Uh, those are gonna be using loneliness to your advantage and how to intervene with loneliness. So um, stay tuned for those. Have a great day, have a great weekend and a fantastic week next week. I'm out. <laughs>